Questions put to the provincial health minister. She's at two news conferences today, one of them happening uh, just this hour here with the federal health minister, but there's one coming up a little bit later on. The premier is going to be there, health minister is going to be there, and the head of the Alberta Medical Association is going to be there. They're going to be talking about primary care in Alberta, steps being taken to address the situation, which is not pretty at the moment. And that all relates to this story, which, as I say, I hope they're asked about. From the Globe and Mail today, the Alberta government directed the provincial health authority to remove the words influenza and COVID from advertisements for the province's fall immunization campaign and to wait before communicating with the public as officials work to launch the annual program amid warnings that cases of these illnesses were rising. These internal government documents obtained through an access to information request consist of dozens of pages of communications between officials at Alberta Health, the government ministry, and Alberta Health Services. They show that in addition to ordering AHS to remove references to specific vaccines, the government instructed the health authorities to limit information on vaccine benefits and efficacy. Now, why on earth would they do that? Why would the government be getting involved in that at all? Are, are there some vaccine politics at play here? And we have the premier's own views uh, in the past might indicate that. Or the views of others in the party or the party's base, groups like Take Back Alberta. They've been pretty clear how they feel about vaccines. Is that now trickling into this? And by the way, where's the chief medical uh, officer of health on any of this? Right, if we've got vaccines that can prevent severe illness, can keep people out of hospital, why wouldn't we be promoting that? There are a lot of folks in hospital right now as a result of complications from both COVID and influenza. Both viruses are very much circulating right now. Well, joining us for some thoughts on all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning, Dr. Lenora Saxinger, a professor in the Faculty of Medicine, University of Alberta, infectious disease specialist. Dr. Saxinger, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what do you make of this, first of all? I think it's a pretty big deal, honestly. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of felt like the campaign seemed less visible, but I didn't know if it, it was just me being too busy to notice. And, um, and I mean, we definitely see the effects with only a 22% vaccination rate, which is really abysmally low. Um, that really definitely would have impacted our very aggressive flu season spread and the really high number of people, even young adults who've been hospitalized so far. Well, it, yeah, and I think a lot of people have noticed the absence of a campaign or a really muted kind of vaccination campaign. I'm wondering if this was, you know, Alberta Health Services feeling that this is what was necessary. But this implies then that there's some some other interference going on here. And, and that's troubling, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely chilling. I mean, you know, public health professionals are constantly assessing risk and benefit. They are constantly looking at evolving situations with both, with both, both flu and COVID are, and they know the evidence on how to communicate to the public. And none of that has been applied here. Um, so that's definitely a big change from usual operations. Very big. Well, even as I note, I mean, the absence of the chief medical officer of health. I mean, we, we rarely ever hear uh, from Dr. Joffe since he's, he's taken that position. But, you know, to be out there right now to, to you know be getting that message out or showing some leadership on these issues uh, that's been telling too hasn't it oh i mean you know if you look at the history of individuals you can see um that you know they would have a pattern of behaving in a certain way and you would absolutely expect them to be front and center and saying the things that need to be said so you know th there definitely have been very massive changes over the last few years and um and and it's really concerning i mean 
you know, it's uh, people have the right to decide to decide on their seasonal yeah. influenza and COVID vaccines, but I, I don't think anyone was signing up for government interference in their ability to make an informed decision about it. Um, and that's really how this is kind of shaking out. Well, it's the thing. I mean, you know, do the campaign and, and you know, the individuals can still make the choice, but, you know, it, it, there's a pretty direct connection here, isn't there, between low immunization rates and, and what we're seeing in hospitals? Oh, absolutely. And especially because it's an H1N1 year. We know that 18 to 65-year-olds who've had the highest hospitalization rates I've seen in my memory, honestly, this year, um, they about 70% of them are swing voters. They'll sometimes get a flu shot and sometimes not. And usually decisions are based on the information that's provided. Um, and there really has not been clear information that's been visible, provided. It has not been made easy for people to make an informed decision. And now a whole bunch of those people are not going to be home for Christmas. Um, and as well, like with that, it kind of spills across the entire health system and it affects everyone's care. Well, that's the thing, we're not hearing any of this. I mean, how many people know which flu strain is circulating this year? Do people know if the vaccine is a, is a good match for that? Like, we're, we're lacking a lot of information here, it seems. Yeah, and I mean, like, like I said, I think that people do have the right and they do take the right to decide on year-by-year basis. But sure. not having access to the information, I think, is a really, really big deal. And a lot of people actually will look at the information and say, you know what, they're saying it's going to be a bad year, I can't afford to be sick this year, and and they would have done it, absolutely. And so if more had been vaccinated, they'd, they'd not be in hospital right now. Well, that's the reality. What, what, is, what are we seeing in hospitals right now? It's very tight. Um, the highest hospitalization rates over the last five years, at least, um, like by a fairly long shot. Um, very aggressive upswing in the season, like it was a really like vertical line. Um, you know, and related to that, the slower start to the vaccination program and the, you know, the first uptake is always the people who always get it. And then after that, it kind of depends. And I think it just really trickled off so suddenly because it was under the radar. And we're going to be seeing the effects of that for the next few to several months, honestly. Well, yeah, we've, we've missed a window here to try to get ahead of this, but, you know, is is there still an opportunity to, to at least get some of this messaging out there? Could it still make a difference? Oh, absolutely. If anyone's listening, they're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize. Absolutely. Even if you get the flu shot like and the COVID shot or whichever one you're due for <laughs> um, right now, it will reduce your risk and it will actually change the shape of things to come. And um, And, you know, when you look at it, you get about as many cases coming down as you do up when things peak. So there's a lot of season left. There's a lot of infections yet to happen. And so we can make a difference in what that looks like right now. Um, the one thing I'm going to caution people about, though, is right now there's a lot of flu spread and also a fair amount of COVID spread. And if everyone's getting vaccinated with this viral kind of situation, it's entirely possible you'll get your vaccine and you'll get an infection around the same time. And we should make sure that we're not attributing infection to vaccine just because they happen at the same time because it's all happening really a lot right now right. and there's no live virus in any of those vaccines so right. i'm just going to yeah. put that out there and, and it does take a couple of weeks to, to build up that immunity yeah at least a week i mean anything yeah. that happens you know before one or two weeks after the vaccination was going to happen anyway and you might be able to reduce the severity so you often see people have a totally human reaction to i got a shot and then i got sick and i'm like no that's because both things were happening at high intensity at the same time 
you know, with the COVID shots, it was interesting because as, as we kind of got, we were sort of at August and September and we were still with the, the previous version of the vaccine. We got the updated COVID vaccines. I think that was in October when those became available. And then we've also sort of seen a shift in, you know, the predominant strain of COVID. Sounds like this JN1 uh, strain is, is really kind of taking over. So I think people have maybe been confused of what's available and just, and whether it's it's still worth getting if, if these things are changing. What, what's the messaging there? What should the messaging there be? You know, of all the circulating strains, including the, like it used to be called, a, it was being listed as a substrain of BA286, and now it's called JM1, and that's why it gets confusing. But it's been growing since September across Canada and Alberta as well. But it is also one that we would expect, based on re- recent data, that the current booster would really help against. And so basically, all the COVID strains that are circulating right now, we would expect the current vaccine to do a much better job than the prior vaccination in protecting people. And so there's you know, no hesitation with getting the updated vaccine. It really is a level up from the prior vaccine. It's still relevant with this strain um, that is becoming more dominant. And you know, that strain, it, it's hard to tell yet what kind of impact it could have, but there are places where it has bumped hospitalization rates, like places that are a little further ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend people Go ahead and get both if they're due for both. We'll see if the Premier or the Health Minister has more to say about this today, but we'll leave it there for now. Dr. Saxinger, thanks for your insight on this. Appreciate your time. Thanks very much.